My name is David Siegler, and welcome to my podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome, welcome. Welcome to my uh, latest podcast episode. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm just scratching my head, team. I'm scratching my head. I'm not quite sure how to move this forward. So I'm, I've got a bit of a worry, a bit of a concern. I'm going to share it with you and I'm going to share it with my friends uh, live. I'm also living this into the progressive community while I'm recording this next podcast episode. And um, what is this about? It's about getting your numbers right. It's about valuing the property that you're going to propose to send to your investor. I've got some notes here. Um, I, I've been sent half a dozen deals this week uh, by friends, by uh, new people to the industry, by people who have done my training. I'm not going to mention names, team. You, your secret is safe with me. So half a dozen deals have come across my desk that have been sourced by people who should know how to do it, right? And uh, the numbers are all over the place. I mean, come on, team. We've got to get a grip. Got to get a grip. So um, I thought what might be useful if I went through some of the numbers uh, with you, um, the numbers that you need and the numbers that I tend to get put on my desk, Okay. So uh, good morning to you. So I'm going to run through an actual example that was sent to me by someone who's done my training, who should know the numbers. They're a really smart person. I'm not even going him or her. I'm no, there's no clues coming from me. Um, so I'm going to go through the numbers and just explain to you what I was sent. And to be honest, if I was the investor and those numbers were sent to me, it, it would be a car crash. There's no way an investor would buy that deal. So I've got a single let, single let property here. And uh, I suppose it would be better for those watching you on the live, it would be better if I had a whiteboard where I could put numbers up, but I'm gonna talk you through it. Okay, so the basic principles of uh, valuing a single let, there are two numbers, two numbers that any investor worth their salt needs to know. And these are standard in the industry. This is what they need to know. They need to know the gross yield and they need to know the return on their capital employed. That's it. Two numbers. Gross yield, return on capital. Okay. I'm going to deep dive into both. So gross yield is a gross number. Okay. It is the gross rent, the, gro the total rent that you are going to achieve in the first year divided by the total cost of acquisition, including everything. Kitchen sink, deal packaging, fees, stamp duty, legals, the whole thing. So if you go gross rent divided by gross cost of acquisition, that is gross yield. People in the industry will understand that. The second number, uh, and I thought this is the more complicated one, but to be honest, team, you know, friends are not getting the gross yield thing, right? So, you know, return on capital employed. I see people going off in all sort of multifarious directions and finishing up with wrong numbers because they're putting in wrong numbers. Okay. Return on capital employed is the net number, right? So it is the net income 
The gross yield, we use the gross income. To get to the net income, you have to subtract all the costs of ownership, letting fees, voids, uh, number for repairs, all of that sort of thing, okay? And you finish up with a net rent, and then you divide that by the money you leave in the deal. Usually the deposit, if you're buying on a mortgage, so it will be deposit plus any incidentals along the way. Um, if you had to do a refurb and couldn't get that, couldn't get the uh, higher value because you've had to do a, a light refurb, uh, all the costs of acquisition. So I'll, I'll go through this particular uh, example and uh, it will show you what I mean. But return on capital employed is a net number. Okay, it's the actual money that the investor is going to get returned on their money. So it's the money they left in the deal and the rent, the net rent that they're going to receive, the net income, and you divide the net income by the net money that's left in the deal. Okay, so we've got gross yield, return on capital employed. I finished up with numbers here that are nothing like either of those. I don't even know what these numbers are, but I'm going to talk you through it and explain exactly what I see and I see this day in day out and it's not it, it's this isn't about me right this is about you because if you're sending this sort of um, minestrone of numbers to your investors your investors are not going to buy the deals they're not okay so let's make a start this is what our friend our friend wrote here uh, and let's just go through the numbers that they that they gave okay so First number they gave me was asking price, £79,000. It's a single-let property, uh, shall we say, not in the south of England. Nice and vague for your team, right? Asking price, seventy-nine grand, And uh, they started their numbers from that point. Um, what does that mean? I don't even know what that means, right? So asking price as opposed to the amount of money we can buy the house for, two very different numbers. And asking price, even if you don't know what the value of that house is, um, you, can, you can get a pretty good idea by looking at comparables, by looking at sold prices on Rightmove, on Land Registry, on Zoopla, wherever you want to go and look, right? The numbers are out there. So we need sold prices. So what I don't need as an investor is the asking price. I want to know what that house is worth in its current condition. Okay, and you as the deal sourcer, it is incumbent upon you to work out what that, that property is worth. Are you with me? Fine. So asking price, immediately we're in the wrong place. I need to know what it's worth. I need to see the comps because you've got to prove your numbers. Okay, we moved on there. So asking price, 79 grand, it says here. It says stamp duty, 2,370. I haven't even checked that number. Sounds about right. Uh, but yes, you've got to include the stamp. Legals, £1,500, maybe. Deal packaging fee, five grand. Um, I'm all for pushing our fees up. I am. I understand the value that we bring to any transaction. I do, right? Uh, but, you know, first time out, not in the southeast of England, uh, knowing where this property is, five grand, especially when you, got, uh, you, know, you made macaroni out of the uh, numbers, Five grand might be a bit of a big ask. Uh, I wouldn't go for five grand on the first one. Refurb, a nice round £7,000. Very non-specific. I have no idea what we're going to spend seven grand on. 
Um, in my world, seven grand in a single let property is significant in terms of refill firm. It's not just a, a lick of paint and uh, flooring, new flooring. So it's got to be something else. I don't know what it is. So if you add those numbers together as they've been given to me, it comes to £94,870. That is the asking price. Stamp, legals, deal packaging fee, refurb. £94,870 needs to be produced by the investor to buy that property. Okay. Are they going to buy on a cash or in cash or on a mortgage? Absolutely critical if you've got to know whether your investor is going to buy cash or on a mortgage, because in terms of return on capital employed, that makes a big difference. But we'll come back to that. Let's assume, let's assume that um, we're going to get a mortgage purchase here. And, I, you know, I, I've made a big assumption that the 79 grand purchase price, asking price for the house is A, what the house is worth and B, what we're going to get it for. I don't know. I, I haven't checked that. Okay. So 79, say 80 grand helps with the mental arithmetic. 80 grand. So 80 grand is the uh, asking price and that's what we're going to pay. On a buy-to-let mortgage, you could probably, if it values up, and that's a key one here, you could probably buy that house with a 20 grand deposit. But then you're going to have to pay the stamp, the legals, the deal packaging fee and the refurb. You are. So even if we buy in a mortgage on a house at £79,000, right, you're going to leave £34,870 in as the investor. Note that figure, nearly thirty-five grand left in if you're buying it on a mortgage. Now we go to the rent. What's the rent? What's the rent going to be? So this is figures I was sent. £500 a calendar month, six grand a year, gross rent. Okay, so I did a little bit of checking because I know where this house is. And immediately I'm finding uh, passing rents not at £500 a month. So uh, yes, there were one or two at £500 a month. There were. Okay. But what I'm seeing the majority, remembering that this needs a refurb of £7,000, this house. Okay. What I'm seeing is the majority are renting at around four two five a calendar month, which isn't six thousand pound a year gross. It's five thousand one hundred pound a year gross. It's going to make a it's going to make a significant difference to our numbers. Okay, you're losing at least nine hundred pounds a year in terms of rent. So we're ready to do some sums now, team, because we got the gross rent and we got the gross cost of acquisition. The gross cost being 94870 and that we divide that into the gross rent, which in my figures, in my world, was £5,100. Now, I know it's hard to do this while you're driving along or you're in the middle of something else, but what I'm doing to get the gross yield on this property is dividing £5,100, the gross rent, by the total cost of acquisition, 94870 and I'm getting a gross yield of 5.4%. For a single let house uh, in the north of England, where, to be honest, investors are not interested in gross yields of 5.4%. You've got to be 85 to 10% where this house is. And I'm not going to give you any clues because I don't want to embarrass anyone about their numbers. Okay. Uh, but in this part of the world, I wouldn't look at this property 
it's got for me it would have to be pushing 10 percent as a gross yield right we might find an investor who's happy to go at 8.5 but you know 5.4 which is what i finished up on my bit of paper doesn't work the thing is my friend that did the sums never finished up at 5.4 they were coming in at seven eight percent because they had the wrong numbers and they were doing the wrong calculations apart from that it was perfect okay so what's my point team gross yield is the gross achievable rent, achievable rent, right? Not the top rent in the road, especially when you've got to make a seven grand upgrade to the house, okay? The gross achievable rent divided by the gross cost of acquisition. In this case, uh, I'm going with my friend's figures, uh, 94,870. Five one divided by 94,870, 5.4%. That is not a deal team, but it's been sent to me because... They think it's a deal. My friend thinks it's a deal, wants me to sell it to my investors. I can't because it doesn't work. So, uh, question I've seen just coming up um, for those of you listening on the podcast. I'm also uh, doing this live. I'm doing a Facebook live. And it's a really good question. It's why I'm going to jump on it. Uh, and uh, what do you use? Why do you use yield instead of ROI? Okay. Why do I use yield instead of ROI? I don't, right? I use two things, two things if you're watching. Um, and I missed the name as you went through. I'm so sorry. I use two things. I use gross yield and I use return on capital employed. I do not use ROI. It's a personal thing, I think, but I've never understood ROI as it applies to property. And I think ROI, return on investment is great if it's stocks and shares, if it's gold, if it's Bitcoin, if it's whatever, right? Uh, I get it, okay? But where property, for me, this is a personal view, okay? Where property is concerned in terms of working out ROI, return on investment, it means, first of all, what do you mean by your investment? Because there's leverage involved in, in houses, right? There's mortgages involved. And it skews the figures. And what really ticks me off about ROI is everyone's got their own pet little way of working it out. And it's all different. So it's meaningless to me. So I use two numbers. I use gross yield, which I've been through. The one I haven't been through yet, but I'm going to go through now, is return on capital employed. Because what every true, experienced investor worth their salt really, really wants is return on their cash left in the deal and how you work that out. That is going to make the difference between whether you sell the deal or not. So the first half of this little live has been about working out gross yield. If you didn't get it, have a look later on, listen to it again. All the numbers are there. Write them down the bit of paper. You'll see exactly what I mean. So gross yield. It's very, very important. And it's very, very important because it's it's a common language in the property world. And people understand in the industry, gross yield. They know exactly what that is. Return on capital employed is, is maybe not quite so well understood. I'm going to try now to take you into my world for a return on capital employed. I'm not talking about ROI. Um, because you, do you know what? Some people talk about ROI, but they actually mean return on capital employed. Right. So, there's the, yeah, ROI is, for me, um, a very difficult concept to understand with respect to property. I get it with respect to everything else. So let's talk about return on capital employed. 
okay? In my world, return on capital employed is the net rent, the rent that the investor's going to receive after all deductions. So we're looking here, 425 a calendar month as the gross rent, uh, but we know we've got letting fees, we've got to make allowances for repairs, for um, uh, voids, for stuff that comes out of nowhere, you know, repair, the, the boiler blows up, that will trash your return on capital employed year one, right? Um, but let's, let's assume that, you know, repairs are manageable, okay? So that 425 per calendar month, uh, where I'm coming from, I'm going to pick a nice round number. Say that will net down to £200 per calendar month as a profit. And in my experience, in the north of England in particular, buy to let, set and forget, £200 a month net is probably where this single let is. Okay? So I'm going uh, £200 a month, 12 months, £2,400 net income from that house over a year. That's where I am. So what is the net capital, according to our friend's numbers here, that is going to be left in the deal? You might recall that the asking price for the house was 79 grand. Who knows what it's worth? We don't. Uh, if you add on stamp, legals, deal packaging fee, refurb, it came to 94,870. I'm assuming we can get a mortgage as the investor going in and buying this and get a mortgage. I'm assuming that the valuer for the bank is going to come in with a valuation if the asking price is 79 and we're going to buy it at 79. I'm assuming it's worth 79. Okay. So we know, we said 80, you know immediately uh, that we can get a buy to let mortgage on that and have to put in 20 grand as our deposit, 25% deposit, right? So we're going to put 20 grand in, okay? So the total cost of buying that property with all the fees and everything, setting the thing up was 94,870, but we're going to get a 60 grand mortgage. So we have now got an, uh, uh, an amount of cash in the deal, 34,870 pounds. Very complex, stay with me team. 35 grand cash in the deal. That is the net cash in the deal, right? But the net rent is 2,400 uh, 2, a year, 200 pound a month, 12 months, 2,400. Stay with me. So the return on capital is that net rent for the year, 2,400, divided by the amount of cash we got left in, 35 grand-ish, okay? 2,4 divided by 35 is 6.8% return on capital employed. That is not a deal. No investor's going to do no, An investor's not going to buy that. Uh, and they're not going to buy it because basically we've got the numbers wrong. We're paying too much for the house. The rents are, are lower than uh, the prospective deal package who sent me the deal thinks that they are. And the whole thing is um, it's a valuable exercise in terms of going through the process and getting it wrong so you can get it right next time. Um, but what worries me is friends out there in deal packaging land, I see so many of these, so many of these land on my table and they're wrong and they're wrong and they're wrong. Now, they're not always as wrong as this because this went off into a little journey that, you know, I didn't even share those numbers with you, okay? Um, but you just need one mistake 
to skew the numbers and it depositions you with your investor. Okay, so it's really, really important that you get your numbers right. In summary, before I close, and you know, I know this has been a little bit head mashing, and I, and, and I know that there's been figures involved, and it's not the usual inspirational, you know, rah rah, let's go buy some deal type things, right? But you've got to get your numbers right, and I don't know how else to do it other than talk through the numbers. Okay, so it's two things. You will not go wrong if you just do two things, right? Gross yield which is the gross rent divided by the total cost of acquisition. You should be able to work that out. That's not difficult, okay? Return on capital employed. Net rent divided by the amount of money that is left in the deal. Okay, I'm trying to help. See if that works. Go and look at the deals that you're looking at now. Apply those numbers. If you've got any difficulty with the numbers, Message me. Send me a message on Messenger. I will try and help you. Okay? Um, I hope this has been useful. But you've got to get the numbers right deal packages. If you get the numbers right, we're going to sell all of them. It's going to be great. Thank you for listening. I am David Siegler. See you on the next episode.